everybody, this is Dan Whitney, Larry the Cable Guy, is, is my other job. And then I do a little voice called Mater. Um, uh, but we have a podcast called Talking Truth. This is, uh, we're on Genesis 28. This is uh, episode 12, correct? Yes. Genesis 48. 48. Yeah, oh, Genesis 48. Yeah, let's not go 12. back. We've so. been there. Can't live in the past. Live in the present. That's right. That guy yelling at me, Nat Crawford. He's our guest. He, Nat's with us most of the time. Yeah. Sometimes I do get other guests when they're available. Well, like when to I'm do not it. available. Right? Yeah, when, when, I'm you're not not when you're not available, I'll get fill-ins for you. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. I've been upgraded, baby. Brian Clark, my good buddy, and is a master at all this. He is, uh, and Nat's good at it as well. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, but uh, Brian's going to read the text. Nat and I will comment on it with Brian. Here's the deal. Every day, and this is something to think about. I just turned 60, so I think, of, I think about this sometimes, too. Every day... You're a little nearer to the end of your life. It doesn't matter if you're 15, if you're 10. Every day, you're getting older. Hmm. So how are you going to live today? What are you going to be known for when you die? And uh, what are you going to pass on to your kids? Uh, this stuff that you can't ignore any of it. It's going to happen. And we're going to talk about that today on Talking Truth. That's our podcast. Brian, hit it. All right. It's interesting how clear what matters in life can become when you near the end of your story. I've noticed over the years that in that moment, the values of this world don't seem to matter much. Nobody talks about how much money they made or how big the house was or whether someone was famous. It's like in that moment, those things obviously don't matter. This is where we find Jacob in this episode. He's near death and wanting to pass along to Joseph what he knows really matters. At the time of Jacob's death, Joseph would have been about 56 years old and his sons in their early 20s. Jacob reminds Joseph of God's promise to him when God said to Jacob, I will make you fruitful. I will make you a great nation. I will give you the land. His emphasis is on the fact that God promised he would make this happen. Jacob has struggled his whole life to believe this. He had schemed, deceived, and plotted every way possible to make this happen. Now at the end of his life, he realized God did this. He just needed to trust him. This is what Jacob wanted to pass on to Joseph and Joseph's sons, trust God. Jacob tells Joseph's sons, his grandsons, they will be included in the blessing as if they are his own sons. They too will receive an inheritance. He tells them it's because Joseph came from Rachel, who is the only wife he truly loved. She died too early, and if she would have lived longer, she would have had more sons, so Joseph's sons will be like her sons. He then enters into what would have been a legal adoption ceremony to make his grandsons his sons. The ceremony captures what Jacob has come to believe is true and what he wants his grandsons to know. He identifies that his God is the one before whom Abraham and Isaac walked. This is the one true God. Walked taps back into Genesis chapter 3. When God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day, he is a personal God who walks with them. 
Then he refers to God as the one who has been his shepherd all his life. This may not seem unusual to us, but it's the first time in the Bible God is ever referred to as a shepherd. It's the exact same word David uses in the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. Only the idea did not originate with David, but with Jacob. Jacob had been a shepherd all his life. That's all he knew. God had protected him, fed him, led him, and cared for him. He had been Jacob's shepherd, and he would shepherd Joseph's sons as well. Thirdly, he identified that this shepherd is also the angel that redeemed him. He's referring to chapter 32, when he wrestled with the angel of the Lord, who was Christ himself. This was his moment of surrender to the God who saved him and delivered him from his paralyzing fear. Now, this is all interesting to consider from the perspective of the grandsons. All they had known their entire lives was wealth and privilege. Their dad was the number two guy in all of Egypt. What could Jacob offer them that was of any value to them? What Jacob offered them, money and power couldn't buy. He offered them a relationship with a God who would walk with them, shepherd them, and redeem them. Only one God could do that. It was the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. At the end of Jacob's life, he realized that was all that really mattered. When Jacob went to bless his grandsons, Joseph set them before Jacob so the oldest would be on Jacob's right hand to receive the greater blessing. But in that moment, Jacob crossed his arms so the youngest got the greater blessing. This has been the pattern in Genesis. The blessing does not necessarily go to the one everyone expects, not to the one who the culture says is more deserving. It's not about birth order or who is deserving. It's about grace, beautiful, unexpected grace. It's been that constant reminder that God's blessing is not about who earns it or deserves it. It's a gift from God. This is the message Jacob wants to pass down to his grandsons. He wants them to know God will walk with them, shepherd them, and redeem them. God will show himself faithful over and over again, not because of anything great they do, but because he promised, and by his grace, he would be faithful. It's hard to imagine anything of greater value to pass on to our family and friends than our belief in a faithful God. That's the greatest inheritance possible. Let's bring in Dan Nat. Let's talk about this. Well, yeah, that's a fact. I mean, when it's all said and done, that's the only thing that matters. You know, uh, what's done for Christ will last. My dad always used to say this phrase, something, 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 only what's done for Christ will last. I can't remember the first part. <laughs> oh, of the it. first part's really clever. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh-huh. But I can't remember. What we can all just make up the first part. I just remember only what's done for Christ for last. I remember mm-hmm. that. But that, well, that's, but that's the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you see people close to the end, when you, I mean, of course, there's some, of course, that are stubborn. Mm-hmm. But 
you th- you do think about those things more that that doesn't matter you know here's here's what i always think about since i'm in the entertainment business um this is what i think about cuz i loved all the old stars and fresh you know i liked all those old actors but you think about it nobody thinks about them anymore nothing every now and then there'll be an anniversary or something but nobody knows who they are especially People in their forties, they don't know who a lot of those Fred yep. McMurray yep. and all the, you know what I mean, yep. the actors we grew up with. Mm-hmm. But at the time, boy, you're just watching them and they're partying and they're doing this and they're going to this premiere and they were like, you know, and then that's it. It's gone. It's like, what do you have to? Hmm. Especially the ones that never won any awards or anything. What do you got to show for it? Mm. I mean, it's gone. Yeah. Everything you did that you thought was important. Yeah, it comes and goes. You're never ever remembered. Yeah. You're never and you were you know, I'm not ta- I'm not I don't know anybody's personal, but I'm just saying in general, you know, it's like there's no legacy you really left, you know. Oh, oh, okay, so you got a, an award. Okay, you're staring at that award, but what does that do for anybody else? That's why I am so happy that uh, my kids, the most important thing that I've talked to my kids about Jesus and about faithfulness and about doing your best to be like him, read your Bible every day, that's what I want my kids to remember me by, other than, you know, doing this voice for this or doing that. I want my kids to remember that because that's that's the most important thing to me. And so that's the that's a, that's the kind of legacy that I want to leave my kids. So I'm glad that we brought our kids up that way. I'm glad we didn't bring our kids up godless and well you decide what you want to blah blah blah. I'm glad we taught them the truth. I'm glad we taught them the gospel. You know, and it's, you know, they get older. It's up to them like everybody else. They all have their own walk with Christ, but at least they know about it and they see it in us, in me and my wife. So, you know, that is, that's a good legacy. If you're going after the things of the world, you're not going to leave much of a legacy. So one of the things we've talked about, but just to say it again, is there's, there's nothing wrong with being successful. There's nothing wrong with making a lot of money. What we're talking about is a legacy. What ultimately matters? What ultimately do you do you leave behind? What it, hmm. what is your story? What mattered most to you? Hmm. Um, so there's things that come and go in this world. Yeah, and then there's those things that are that are going to matter forever. Absolutely. And so it's it's a matter of thinking through what matters most to me. What do I really want my legacy to be? Right. You know, one of the things I've wondered as we were talking through this uh, story in Genesis 48, what would have been the impact uh, for these grandsons to have not just heard about what Jacob was passing on to them, but if they would have seen it as well? Because you look at his life, and it was full of, of ups and downs and lefts and rights. And now he's saying, looking back, I can see God's hand and faithfulness, but I wasn't faithful. I wonder what impact it would have had on that communication if it would have been different. Because it seems like today with with the homes and the kids, 
when there is a disconnect between what we say we believe and how we live, the kids are watching as well as listening. So I guess I don't know where I want to go with that other than I wonder what impact would have it had on those grandkids to have seen and not just heard. So I think where you really see that is with Jacob's own sons Mm. that saw it directly and just how messed up they were. It's like they did see all the inconsistencies and the deceit. And as a result of that, they were were some evil guys Mm -hmm. and did some evil things. The grandsons, in a sense, missed all that and saw Grandpa Jacob at the end of his story when he finally figured some things out. I I do find some comfort in the fact that you, you can mess up Let's say you're 60 years old, have messed up a lot, but you come to the end of your story and you love Jesus and this is what matters to you. I mean, it's never too late for this to be your legacy and your story. And Because we might have listeners that think it's too late. I've missed my chance. And it's like, well, it's never too late. Look at Jacob. Right. Yeah, never too late. Look at the thief on the cross. Yeah. Never too late. Absolutely. Jesus loves us. He doesn't want anybody to die without him. So he loves you. He's giving grace and chances and chances and chances. It's just up to you to, uh, you know, it's up to you to follow him. You have to let him in. He's knocking. So one of the things I've often said at funerals is whether this is fair or not, the only season anybody will remember is your last season. And so my last season could be right now if I die tomorrow Mm -hmm. or when I was in my 30s or 40s or when I'm 80 years old. So I have to always be aware how am I living right now because this is my legacy. I I can't think, well, when I turn 80, I'm going to get my act together. Right. It's like my legacy, if, if I die tomorrow, then it's now. So what what is it that passes God on to my family and friends? What what is it that's going to cause them to sit up and take notice? I think that's that's a really good perspective and and something to remember. And and even your comments a few minutes ago about the, you had that generational gap between what Jacob's kids saw and the grandkids. And mm-hmm. I and and I've seen that in my own family. Um, you know, no one on this podcast will probably know my family, so it's probably safe to say these things. But both my mom and dad um, had very unique and kind of at moments Jacob-like experiences with their walk with God. They knew God, but yet they made some really poor choices. But one of the things that I encouraged them to do was finish well. That's what really matters. And so now I've seen that with my kids. As my, my parents interact with them, they will be honest about some of the decisions they've made, but throughout it all, they're hearing the message of God's faithfulness, do it God's way, it's better. And at the same time, they are watching them now in this season. So I think what we're all saying to the people listening is, right now, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. We're all given a new chance right now to finish well. You could be 20 years old, and you don't know what tomorrow brings. In fact, just yesterday, I got a message from a friend who said, 
My dad just died unexpectedly, and his dad wasn't that old. He thought he had another 30, 40 years, and he didn't. So how are you going to live today? Finish well. God has you right where he wants you for a new day. So lean into that and think about the impact it'll have, not just on today, but in eternity. Well, not only that, but I mean, you're talking about your parents and they were, but that's just par for the course. That's humanity. There's nobody that's perfect. There's always always people that are going to be asking for guidance and doing something different because they don't have enough faith. They don't have enough trust. That's why we're reading these stories to let us know that happens. You're normal. You're, it's, you know, don't give up. Um, It's better for you to be faithful and do what God wants you to do. Obviously, you're going to avoid a lot of hassles. Um, But I think these are in there to say, look, you're, it's not too late. Like you said, Brian, you're going to, if you think you've made too many dumb decisions, there's enough examples in the Bible that that you know that you can get your act together. Am I explaining this fine? Yeah. I mean, J- Jacob messed up so much. Right. He did finish like a champion, so there's hope for everybody. Right. It's almost like my uncle. You know, my uncle was married seven or eight times. Mm. You know, and it's like always talking about Jesus. And have you been reading your Bible? I'm thinking, wait, wait a second. This is kind of a, you know, just before the end of his life, man, you would think, you know, that's all he did was read the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, he was cramming for finals. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's when you're getting towards that, just like Jacob, you know, you fi- finally got your act together. Yeah. And it took something crazy for that to happen you know jacob wrestling with jesus himself you know an incarnation of him um so obviously so but like you said if you think you're too old and you've done too much bad stuff you're not too old you're never too old you've never done too much bad stuff mm. there's always a chance to uh to uh Come back. Yeah. And that's like we well. said earlier, 50, read your Bible 15 minutes a day, talk about it 15 minutes, pray 15 minutes a day, and try to tell somebody about Christ 15 minutes a day. Change your life. You do that for 30 days. That was uh, the preacher Billy Sunday said that. I've heard yeah. that. I've said that on this. I've said that before. Hey, everybody. Brian here. You know, I really enjoyed doing this podcast with Dan and Nat. And I pray that it's been an encouragement to you today. We'll be back again next week with more on the Joseph story. But before we go, I just want to mention that I've written a companion study for this series. It's called Unstoppable Grace and includes the scripture for each study, along with some insights and a few questions to help you consider God's grace in your life. To get your copy of Unstoppable Grace, visit our website at talkintruth.com. That's talk, the letter N, truth.com. And thanks again for being with us. I pray you'll recognize God's grace in your life today. And we look forward to having you back again with us in the next episode. Get it done.